Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. Joining us this morning is Delta County Commissioner John Melner. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Last week, you attended the uh, Mackinac Straits Corridor Authority meeting over in St. Ignace. It's been an issue that you've been kind of paying attention to. First of all, why? Why is it important to Delta County? Well, it's not only important to Delta County, it's important to tell the whole UP what's going on. Enbridge is trying to build a tunnel under the straits to make it almost impossible for any oil spillage at all. Of course, that line goes right through right Delta County, through and not only that, yeah. you have a terminal just north of Rapid River. Correct. It goes through the whole UP and all the way down to, uh, it goes from Ontario, and then there's a pipe that goes from Line 5 all the way down to Ohio mm-hmm. to a... Uh, a refinery, refinery down, there. down there. Yeah. Yeah. So because there's a refinery here in Delta County, that's where the propane comes from Correct. that the UP uses. But it also means quite a bit of money for Delta County as far as the uh, property taxes the, are concerned. The property tax, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I remember the number, and it was like 169000 they paid to Delta County. And it's the sixth largest taxpayer in the county. Yep. So that's so it's huge for Delta County to to mm-hmm. not lose this, and uh, I guess that's why I'm really pushing hard. And so as in 14 other counties, when I went to this uh, meeting that I was invited to, the Mackinac Straits Corridor Authority, and it's a three three person panel, and uh, it was quite extensive as far as uh, what was going on. Uh, They were mainly focused on four different subjects. One of them was the RFP for construction of the tunnel. The request for proposal, yeah. Correct. And uh, there was, that lasted, that one item lasted, I bet you, close to two and a half hours. Talking about what they want the companies to bid on or what? Yes. Well, the companies got, uh, put that out there and they went through the whole thing. There was a lot of questions on certain items that they had, and Enbridge will have to go back to the drawing board because they did not vote on it last last Wednesday. Uh, and Enbridge was hoping that they were going to vote on it to, to let allow them at the... least get a construction company going. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't have the permit to go forward with it yet. So correct, that's what they're waiting for, or are they going to well, move forward the way anyway? It, the way it sounded is once they get this uh, RFP mm-hmm. to do, they can get a construction company involved in it. Uh, I know I've seen a video or I was on Zoom with uh, Enbridge a week before that, and uh, I think you did a, you did a story, a, off, a of story it, yeah. off it on the boring machine to go underneath the Great Lakes underneath the straits mm-hmm. and from that i think the number is 400 feet below the the bottom of the lake is where they're going and there was at least three different 
ways they were going to go through with it. Uh, they eliminated two because of the the uh, material. It wasn't hard enough, so they had to go down a little bit farther, and that's where they're going. That's the direction they're going to go to find the rock bed. In the rock bed, yeah. And they did some core samples. It was really interesting. Some of these core samples, they said, million years old that they dug out, which was really fantastic. Mm. They said it was really interesting because nobody's never seen it. Because it's been down below the yeah. Great Lakes. Yeah. So. What were the other subjects? You said that one took the most time out of the four. Then there was a, uh, a third-party utilities. And now they wanted that into the, in the RFP also. Is they want to try to get the electrical lines that are under there. And there is another pipeline that goes under there also. And they want them all under this, all in the tunnel itself. So there's nothing else out there. So there was a lot of discussion on that also. Because when they did have the anchor strike at the Straits of Mackinac, that's what it hit was an electric line. Yeah, it really tore up the as electric well lines. As well as the pipeline, yeah. yeah. And when I, one guy was speaking at that meeting, and they said that uh, uh, they finally got that protected, the lines that The electrical through. lines? Yeah. Okay. They finally got them protected, and they're all fixed up. Uh, and that took a long time. That mm-hmm. was, what, over a year ago this happened? Oh, no, it's been more than that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly yeah. when, but, yeah, it's been a while. Time goes by fast. It does go by fast. <laughs> and then the third subject? Uh, there was a, a reverse joint project specification. What's that? Uh, I can't remember exactly what that was. There was some, I mean, it was a three-and-a-half-hour meeting, and I wish I would have taken more notes. Sure. <laughs> the fourth one, then? The fourth one was a amended draft procurement and uh, execution plan. How they wa- were going to do this, and that was what wasn't voted on. That wasn't voted on. None of that. None of the th- uh, things that I mentioned were voted on at all. And they're going to have a meeting in another three months, if I'm not mistaken. That's what they were saying. This was an all-day affair for you. It, over yeah, yeah. I left at five thirty in the morning and. I didn't get back home until about 5 o'clock. What was your takeaway from the meeting? Um, my, like I said, there's a the Mackinac Straits Corridor Authority. There's a three-person member on it. And it really, really sounded like two of the members are for going forward to putting the tunnel in. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, we've very much need this after the meeting i did go to uh ambridge's they called a <laughs> it's a i i can't really say too much on where it is but i went there and uh they have cameras on the lower peninsula side mm-hmm. and the upper peninsula side right yeah to monitor the shipping in the area yeah and they're uh, amazing cameras i understand oh they are you amazing. got to see it okay. it's amazing place it's Upstairs in a building that you would never think that it would have been in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have so much technology watching this lake. Unbelievable. And the purpose there is to try to prevent an anchor strike. Correct. Because they can see if a ship's anchor is lowered yeah. as it's entering the straits. Yep. Uh, 
the cameras are just remarkable. They can look four and a half miles away and they can zoom in on anything. It was just uh, kind of remarkable, the technology that they have. Uh, they have buoys out there that if the buoy is over, moves a certain amount, over eight feet, because of the waves, they shut the, shut the line down. Once the lake has eight-foot waves, it automatically shuts the pipeline down. And that all comes from this one office. And if they do see a boat out there with an anchor, they got little boats that go out there and circle it. Right. I think they have three boats. It's really, really amazing to see this. How do you feel about that when you see all that, about what's happening on the Straits? Oh, you know what's happening out there? It's probably, it is the best way to protect the Great Lakes right now so there's no more anchor strikes. Uh, Ambridge spent a lot of money on technology, boats, and they hired a company to monitor the, uh, the cameras. I talked to both, uh, actually there's three of them out there. And uh, it's monitored 24-7. 24-7, that thing is monitored. And they have infrared so they can see at night. Uh, they are planning on putting two more cameras out there until this tunnel gets built. So you feel confident Oh yeah. about what's going on? It's the safest pipeline out there as mm -hmm. far as never, never having a, another problem. With at least anchor down there right is. at least from an anchor's perspective yeah of course it you know the the critics of this say that it is an aging pipeline over 50 years now uh and so they're concerned about it including the the tribal chair of the bay mills uh indian community and the governor and so they've all been talking out against this yeah but they have taken some samples of the core pipe and it is just as thick now as it was 50, 50 some years ago. Back, I think they put it in, put the pipeline in in 1953, so it's 60 some years old. They showed a piece of the pipe when I did the tour yes. up at the uh, Line Five here in Rapid River. Yes, they showed a, a piece of the what the pipe looked like, and it's very heavy, and very thick. Yeah, I. I'm trying to think how thick it was. It was uh, 15 sixteenths or something like that. Yeah, it was a few yeah. inches. I and thought. it's got a coating on it also to protect it from um, any kind of rust. And they have another procedure. I think it's called electronic that they put into on on it that makes it so it doesn't rust. What's your fear if Line Five is shut down before this winter? I am afraid there's going to be a lot of people without heat. Uh, as you know, Rapid River supplies 65% of uh, propane for the whole UP. That's a lot of different, a lot of people that would be without heat. And I don't think there's a way that uh, we could get propane up here to heat these houses. Despite the uh, task force that tried to come up with alternatives? Yeah, there's, you know... They were talking about trains. They were talking about uh, cars getting that in. There's just no way that they can get that done before this winter. 
Well, it doesn't look like that will be happening because Canada stepped in and invoked the 1973 treaty into the court case. Yeah. And, of course, Enbridge is challenging the shutdown, which was supposed to happen last May, I think. Last May, they were supposed to shut it down. I I don't see it being shut down at all this winter. Not at all. I I really believe this tunnel is going to be going through. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, getting a vote on it and start moving. Despite the governor? Despite the governor. I really believe you're going to see it. How do you see that? Just a gut feeling. I think there's a lot of uh, push from the feds to get this done. And Canada's pushing the feds. And I think this is going to go happen. They're already talking about uh, getting the boring machine. They got people working on that already. They're getting ready to do something. The federal government, you think, is interested in seeing this project move forward under the Biden administration? I think so. Well, I don't know if it's going to be the Biden administration, but I know there's going to be some push on it. Okay. The Canadians are really pushing. You know, it supplies a lot of a lot of energy through Michigan, Ohio. Delta County Lower Board can- has been on record as supporting the tunnel. Yes, there was 14 town, uh, counties in the UP that supported it. 14 out mistaken, of 15. Chippewa County was the only one that didn't support it. Well, thank you for bringing us up to date on this, and we continue to monitor what's going on with this project. Certainly it does affect all of the Upper Peninsula as Delta County as well. It affects Delta County. It affects the whole UP It affects Michigan. John Melner is Delta County Commissioner. Appreciate your time with us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula.